0: It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today, we have a guest recommendation on the podcast. We have uh, Steve, Fairweather Steve, recommended uh, Pete to us. Uh, Pete is a cyclist a triathlete and a runner and so welcome to the podcast pete
1: thank you glad to be here
0: awesome awesome well let's jump right in uh tell us a little bit about your story
1: uh well i started running in high school um here in san antonio um i used i was running the one mile run Uh, This it's kind of funny the way i got into it Uh, uh coach romine um from uh, lanier high school he, he he started uh uh trying to introduce us into what we could get into as far as uh distances and so i got on the track and uh i started running and um he didn't he definitely did not like my my running style but he says you run pretty fast and your 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 actual form is really sucks big time but <laughs> but you run pretty fast so i'm gonna put you on the mile so so he, I started doing the mile run and I, I excelled on it quite a bit. Um, my best time was like 4 30. So, I oh, was, wow. Jeez. I got, um, I did pretty well. And as, as a junior and a senior year, I slacked off a little bit. Um, from there, I, I didn't go on to, to running college, but I kept on running, you know, doing 5Ks. Um, I went to to college for a couple of years and then I decided to join the military and I, uh, I joined the US Navy. I still continued running um, in the Navy. I was in the, uh, on submarines. So uh, I remember uh, when we go out on patrol, we were underwater. We still had like a treadmill and the treadmill was right next to the, the missiles we had I was in a boomer. <laughs> so the treadmill was right next to the missiles. And we also had like a uh, like, uh, weights. It, this, these weren't like weight machines. These was like free weights. And you and we had these free weights like next to the missiles and the missile compartment. Oh my gosh. So we were like running and doing a treadmill run or lifting weights next to the treadmill. I mean these, where you know these missiles and these you know lines that were next to the the, the missile compartments. You know, so it's kind of funny, you know, you know, high tech missile. You know, we're over here, you know, lifting weights. <laughs> but I, I continued running through through the military. You know, um, when I got out. I started working at a nuke plant. How many years did you serve? uh, Eight and a half years.
0: Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, And I started working in the nuclear industry, in the commercial nuclear industry near the Houston area. Um, I continued running. um, I never really did a a marathon until I was 39. So it's kind of funny that the person actually inspired me is this is this kind of funny story but the person who inspired me to do a marathon was oprah winfrey oh <laughs> really i was, I was watching <laughs> i was watching oprah she decided to sign, sign up for the uh i think it was the marine corps marathon in washington dc mm-hmm. so I, I saw her do the marine corps marathon i said wow she, you know she's not really a very thin person and she's doing the marine corps marathon and if she can do it, why can't I do it? So I signed up for the Houston Marathon and did my first marathon in 2001. Awesome. And uh, I did did pretty well. Um,
0: I think Oprah threw down a pretty good time too, didn't she? I think so. Yeah, I think um, she did. I was just like, I think <laughs> I think Oprah has a faster marathon time <laughs> than I do.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I, I started doing marathons at that time and I started doing pretty well. I actually qualified for Boston marathon with my very first marathon that I did. Awesome. And uh, I just happened to meet the age group cutoff for the, for the next age group that I was going into the way Boston works is you, you, uh, you qualify based on the age that you are on the Boston marathon day. So
0: I didn't realize that.
1: So I, I, I changed age groups and I ran in one age group and then I changed age groups and I qualified for, for Boston based on my age group. I, uh, it, so I was kind of happy with that. Now I wasn't going to do it. And somebody told me, yeah, you, you qualify, you need to do it. So, so I went ahead and did it. I'd have to be and, 69
0: um, turning 70 before I could get in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I continued running through, through, uh, working at the at nuclear in the nuclear industry. Um, as a lot of friends of mine, we were, you know, we there's a lot of uh, inner club competition. So, I. Uh, I continued running this still running pretty good um i think i every single houston marathon that i would run i qualify for boston so i I did it twice and i say okay i've done boston enough so i I didn't do boston anymore but uh once i retired what's kind of funny is is uh, once i retired i retired at 56 no 58 i'm sorry 58 i retired at 58 years old (laughs) sorry and uh, once I retired, I said, "Okay, now I have all this free time. I'm going to dedicate myself on a training plan and follow it strictly." And uh, so I did that. I had the training plan that I that I followed. Um, it was it was it was a good training plan. It's the same plan that I used back in uh, 2000 and. 14 or something like that. And and I did it, had a real good time on that one. I PR in that marathon. Um What was your PR? So I what's that?
0: What was the PR time?
1: For that marathon is 254. 55. Ooh, wow. At so, fifty
0: uh, at 58?
1: I was uh about fifty two years old at the time. Okay. Holy cow. So um uh, <laughs> so when I retired, you know, I used to work shift work. So <laughs> it was a rotating shift work. So I worked uh 3am to, I mean, 6am uh, to 6pm or the 6pm to 6am shift. So it was a 12 hour shift. So it was very little sleep that I I, I was getting when I was working uh, at the plant. Um, but once I retired, you know, I could dedicate all this time. So I ended up doing that. And I, I got my PR at age 59 with the two another PR with, at age fifty nine with the two forty nine twenty-seven. Wow. And with that time
0: at fifty nine years old, you're in the fifty nine years old. So so that's that's kind of why
1: that's kind of why Steve talks about me all the time is because of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's incredible. I can see and why yeah. there's this this um I don't know if you guys heard of the Abbott World Marathon majors. Yeah. Well they started ranking people over over 40 to see how you rank in the world. So I, I I went into the website and I and you know I created an account and I found out that I was ranked number one in the world for my age. Oh my um, God! <laughs> at that time, you had to have two marathons to to be ranked, and I had run the two marathons. I ran San Antonio and then I ran Houston, um, and I, both times were pretty good. So when I ran that two, I was ranked number number one in the world, and that's kind of what I. <laughs> Uh, Steve kind of, I met Steve and, you know, I I had a little bragging rights with that. So I just kind of fun for a while telling everybody I was ranked number one in the world. 55 (laughs) to 59 age group. How do do you
0: bring that up in conversation? Because it's like, you Uh, know, runners always bring up like, oh, hey, you know, I ran today or going on my long run. Like, how do you bring up? Hey, uh, by the way, I'm number one in the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one thing about me, I don't brag. You know, uh, I don't, yeah. uh,
0: i'd have I don't, to humbly put it in there mostly
1: because i'm i'm an introvert I, I don't i don't really i'm not an extrovert so i'm not i'm not the guy that goes out there hey you know <laughs> look at me and all this stuff so yeah i i'm kind of modest with my running uh, i mean i i do it all for myself yeah but um um you know you, you challenge yourself to do better and better so so I, I, after that marathon um you know, I started, I qualified for the London Marathon. So I did London Marathon in 2021. And uh, there I, I got second in the world. Um, so that's like supposed to be like the world age group championship. Mm-hmm. So I got second place in in 2021 at London Marathon. Um, the guy that beat me, he's, <laughs> his name is, uh, oh, geez, I forget his name. Um, but he's he's a guy from Ireland and he was 62, I was 60 at the time, and he ran a 230 marathon.
0: At 62. It,
1: it, at 62 years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got second to him, and then from then on, it's just, uh, I guess people started getting, coming into my age group, and I started you know, aging another year. I think I'm ranked like number 18 now in the world for my age group, so. Uh, Yeah, it's still incredible. Yes, I don't know if you're going to get into any of the details and on the whys and and all this stuff, but um, a lot of people ask me, you know, what's the secret? You know, I I don't know what the secret is to to being fast. I mean, if if I had that, then everybody would be fast, right? Yeah, yeah. That seems to be the big question that everybody's asked. You know, what's what's the secret to getting fast? And there really is none. I mean, it's just. uh, uh, a little bit of everything.
0: Um, well, it kind of seems like with your story, it's consistency.
1: Yeah, it's consistency. I, I, what I I really kind of boil it down to is the fact that uh, I, I read a lot and I research a lot. It's It has to do with a lot with sleep. Uh, it's one of the big things that I contributed to is when I was working shift work, I mean, I, I used to average maybe four to five hours of sleep per day. And then once I retired, I mean, I was getting seven, eight hours of sleep a night. So I I think the sleep in my life for recovery helped my my overall training. So
0: no, i not
1: having more time to train.
0: I could totally understand that. I mean, I think sleep sleep is definitely slept on. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the recovery portion, I mean, if you're allowing your body to recover, you know, through through sleep, you're you're definitely going to Um, be able to go out there and do things over and over and over and over and you're you know you're definitely not risking injury by you know getting all your sleep and I I definitely see that there's a lot of benefit to that for sure
1: yeah yeah one thing I think we forget too is you know when we sleep is when we actually recover and grow exactly
0: so how did you get into uh where did where does the triathlon and uh cycling (laughs) come in
1: triathlon i got into it in 2004 there's a guy in the houston area that got me into it um his name is joe emory he uh, he's he was actually my son's um principal for the school he was going to at the time and uh i met him that first boston that i did i met him on the plane he was actually going to do boston as well and, uh, I met him on the plane we started talking and found out he was from the, he was, he lived like maybe 10 miles from where I live. So, um, he, he told me to, that I should do a triathlon and, uh, and I told him, I, I can't swim. I said, well, just come over, just come over and, uh, watch one. So I said, I did that. I, it was a sprint triathlon that he was, he was doing in, in, um, uh, in the area, um, I st- stood by that transition area, and I watched all the athletes come out of the water, and then watch them transition to the bike. And they came off off the bike, and they transitioned to the run. and And uh, you you could see all different types of people. You know, people who, you know, sit down, take time, put the socks their socks on, and then just, there's the people who, who just you know they come out of the water, they right just jump on a bike, and they're on their way on the bike, and then. I'm off the bike and just put on the race running shoes and they're all out running. So I, I just, the whole experience of just watching that really uh, amazed me. And I got, I got interested in doing it because of that. And I said, well, I, I could try one. Um, so I started off with a pool swim because I, I wasn't a very good swimmer. Um, so it was a 300 yard swim, um, I did pretty good on the run and the swim. I, I I've always sucked on the swim. I've never <laughs> been able to swim good. Um, but he uh, eventually, I got up to um, uh, uh, like an Olympic distance um, triathlon, which was here in the San Antonio area. So we we traveled to San Antonio from Houston. And it was a one-mile swim, so it was a big jump from three hundred yards to one-mile swim.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. And I,
1: I told, <laughs> and it was a, it was a lake swim. It was in Lake Bernie, and the way that uh, race was set up, it was it wasn't a usually go swim bike run. This one wasn't a swim bike run. It was a swim run and then a bike. Hmm. So from the from Lake Bernie, you ran, you got out of the water, and you ran to downtown Bernie, which was a ten k. And then you jumped on the bike and you did the did the bike and you finished on the bike, but uh, the Lake Bernie is a really clear lake. And I remember telling Joe, "It's like Joe, I don't know if I can I can do the swim. You know, I'm you know I'm really worried about it." He says, "You shouldn't worry about it. That lake's so clear. If you drown, they'll find your body pretty easily." So <laughs> it Takes a lot for the vote confidence. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I've it was a triangular type, uh, course on the swim. So, you know, I just took it from one buoy to the next. So I swam from one buoy and then to the next buoy and then back to the start. So I mentioned then from there, you know, everybody, you get hooked to try on triathlons. And then right after that, you just keep moving and moving up. Eventually did an iron man. And then, um, uh, in 2007 at Coeur d'Alene and, um, after that, um, I waited a couple years and then i did wisconsin ironman and then i waited two more years and then i did the um louisville ironman so i've done three ironman uh and then i've been getting the itch to do another one it's just you know the, the more i aged the there's less people doing it. so maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll qualify for kona if i if i
0: will be right number number one in the world again <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i did pretty good and um uh, at Galveston, I did Galveston half Ironman, um, the year before last. And I got second in my age group and I qualified for the, the, uh, 70.3, uh, age group championships in yeah. Utah, but, uh, I opted to go to London again to do the, the, the world championship and age group, uh, marathon.
0: Nice. Which one do you do you enjoy doing more? Do you enjoy running marathons, or do you enjoy? I know that Ironman has a a marathon in it, but you know it's a totally different aspect of of racing.
1: I I I love doing marathons more than anything else. Okay, Ironman's is is basically pure pain. You know, I hear triathletes are some of the people that can endure the most pain, and then just keep on going. So um, they've actually done testing on that and uh, uh they can withstand the most pain um so it, it it is a lot of pain it's really hard um you know doing that marathon and on the, after doing that 112 mile bike um so a lot of people uh, usually end up bonking on the uh, on the marathon for Ironman so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I, I like the marathon more but the Ironman is just, it's really tough and it takes a lot of time to train for it um you know, I I think I'm, I I like the uh, half Ironman distance a little bit more, you know, it's, it's it's easier to recover. You're, you're only in pain for, you know, anywhere from four to six hours, you know,
0: (laughs) well, I've just heard that, uh, you know, that when you're swimming, biking and running in your training, yeah, it's, it's a lot longer. And I've seen some of the training plans and they look insane, but um, I would assume that you're, your risk of injury probably goes down because you're not, you know, when you're marathon training, you're running all the time. You know, if you're doing a cycle race, you're cycling all the time, but you're throwing different aspects, different muscle groups, all kinds of different stuff. So I would assume that your risk of injury goes down and you know, you're uh, I don't know. I've never run, I've never done an Ironman, so I can't speak for it, but. That's
1: actually true. I mean, um, you know doing marathons i mean you're 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 just pounding the pavement with your legs so your legs are taking all the beating yeah and uh so you're you're more prone to injury on a for training for a marathon than than for an ironman man with iron man you're you're doing a lot of you know you can call it cross training or whatever you're doing a lot of swimming biking and running you know the this the biking will help you for your for your run um so it's it's actually true. I mean, I I never got injured when I was doing a marathon, uh, training for an Ironman. Hmm. But I've all, I, you know, you get a little pain here and there, and get injuries when you're training for a marathon. And especially doing the the intense, the high intensity work, the intervals.
0: Yeah. Have you uh, Have you ever run an ultra? Uh, the highest,
1: the the, the longest run I have ever done is the uh, fifty mile run. That was in maybe. 2004 on there it was a um, a run that they had in huntsville uh state park in the houston area north of houston um they had a 50k and then they had a 50 mile so i did the 50k twice and then the, the following year i said okay now i'm ready for the 50 mile. so i signed up for the 50 mile i actually got second in my age group oh um, nice
0: what was the race called?
1: The Sun Sunmart um, fifty mile.
0: Okay. Real, I ran I, I ran a hundred miler out there this year. Um, Rocky Raccoon.
1: Rocky Raccoon. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I ran that one.
1: Yeah. Probably the
0: same it's, same track because it's out there. Same Huntsville course. State course Park. Yeah. Yep. The,
1: yeah. The Mart. Definitely marked, not a track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was put on by a race director here in the San Antonio areas. His name is Roger Solar. Hmm. Um, so he still puts on a lot of races here in San Antonio, but I, I think he just lost the funding for, um, uh, sponsorship with, for continuing with that sun mark. But it was, it was a really big race back in the day.
0: Hmm. You said that was
1: 2004.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that was when ultra was nobody had ever heard of ultra back then. No.
1: Yeah. No.
0: 2004. <laughs> that was, <laughs> when was the boom Robbie? Like 2014, 2014.
1: Yeah, I guess depending where it was, 2012, 2014, in. yeah. Yeah, 2012, 2014, born to run when born to run came out. Yeah. I yeah. actually have the dates here. I keep a spreadsheet with all my races that I've done. How many have you done? Done 44 marathons. Wow. One fifty 50 miler. See, the 50 miler was, was, and yeah december 2004 i ran a 741. I a 741
0: a <laughs> 741 get out of here Jeez. <laughs> uh, So it, we typically I don't guess... have elites on our podcast so <laughs> 741,
1: 741
0: geez yeah oh my gosh that's crazy Well, hey, uh, uh, run us through your most recent marathon because, um, you know, that's rated as one of the hardest marathons in the world with uh, 7,000 feet of climb uh, (laughs) ascending and then, you know, 7,000 feet of descending. One of the hardest marathons in the world. What what was tell us the story on that one? The Pikes Peak Marathon. Pikes
1: Peak. Holy cow. That was a tough marathon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and a record breaking year, too. I like to. I don't know how much you guys like to get in the tangents and stuff, but I, I, I mean, I can
0: go do, for tell it. You some stuff. Do it. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I stalk people on Strava sometimes. You know, it's usually people on my age group. You know, so I, I like to look at the segments. I like to look. If
0: you're at, number one, I you mean, have to stalk people. Yeah. Everybody, yeah.
1: everybody does it, right? You, you go yeah. to a segment and you and you say, "Who's got the segment?" You know. And then you go to your age group and you say, who's got the segment for my age group? You know, so, so this guy from Colorado Springs, he, he ran the ascent, you know, like in two 30 or something like that. And I, was, and I said, okay, well, maybe I can, I can get that, you know, so, but, and I started looking at the full, um, the full marathon time for my age group. And I think it was, it, it was like five thirty seven so i said you know i can i can probably do that you know so i started training for that and, and i had all these visions in my head of 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 you know running a 537 and uh how did you I, go through I, I how did you haven't go through told training. anybody this how
0: would you go through training in san antonio for a for a mountain race
1: um i probably didn't do enough hill training um there's a lot of hills around here but i i probably did not do uh, a lot of enough hill training I mean, I, I would, I did maybe four or five uh, long runs with including with hills. And most of them were, uh, I couldn't find any really long um, hills here that that were more than a mile with the percent, with the incline that you would find in Pikes Peak. So um, I find myself going to the to the local gym and and setting the treadmill at 11, 12%. And then just go trying to run for this as much as I could, trying <laughs> to maintain my heart rate at a certain level. Yeah. Um, so I'd find myself walking quite a bit and and I knew I was gonna be doing a lot of walking for Pike's Peak. So but <clears throat> you actually have to <clears throat> train for the for the walking part too. So um I would do long runs on the treadmill, maybe eight, nine miles, where I'd set it at 12 percent, and then just keep going and until you know the puddle underneath the treadmill was too big and
0: <laughs> people started looking over and so, uh,
1: so what's yeah what's this guy doing yeah <laughs> so uh i do treadmills and then i do hill intervals but the hill intervals um i probably wouldn't really help helping very much and, mm. i mean it builds your leg muscles but it doesn't prepare you for the continuous incline that you find at pike's Peak. yeah so yeah. I, I tried doing a lot of uh long runs you know steady long runs where i was running maybe nine uh ten minute pace uh you know 23 24 miles so i did a couple of those um so i, I thought i was i was well trained but i found that i was wrong <laughs> when <laughs> i showed up at bike speed you know i was really hyped you know psyched up and really thinking i was gonna do great um so I, um when we, when we get up to colorado springs uh, manitou springs we fa- find out like the, the few days before the pike's peak it had actually snowed so the the top of the mountain had been uh had had maybe three or four inches of snow so they were telling everyone that we were going to have to possibly have to wear uh ice spikes or uh, i don't know what they call them you know for, for the traction because yeah, of the yeah. ice at the top of the mountain so I ordered some from Amazon and I had them with me, and then the day before the the Pikes Peak, they they said the, s- the snow was melting. I mean, you should carry them with you, but you probably wouldn't gonna, wouldn't weren't gonna need them. So um, I didn't I didn't even carry them with me because a lot of people were saying the snow had already melted. So I was really worried about that, but uh, uh, it turned out to be fine. Um, so the start of the marathon um it starts off with like a mile on on roads before you get into the uh the trail of the going up on up to pike's peak um i did pretty good i I tried to try to get in with the group of of runners that that i saw were going to slow me down for the for walking because um when you're actually on the trail sometimes you're limited on how fast you can go uh, based on the the walkers that are in front of you Mm -hmm. So um, um, I got in the trail and sure enough, as soon as you get in the trail, I mean, it, it goes, it, it, the incline gets up, gets up pretty quick. I mean, you're probably 10, 11%. Wow. So you're, 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 you can run as, as much as you can, um, but you pretty soon you start walking. So you're walking a lot. Um, I had reviewed several videos and some uh, reports from other runners and they they had said that between mile five and seven, the the incline kind of like moderates a little bit so you can actually run. So from mile two through five, uh, I was a lot of walking. My pace was pretty slow. and then from five to seven, I actually you know picked up the pace and was able to run pretty good. Um, um, after that, you know, it's just just basically uh, run for a little bit and then just walk, run and walk a little bit. Um, uh, but when I got to mile nine, holy cow, that altitude just, just was just crazy. It just hit me. I started feeling dizzy, lightheaded. And, and at least I, I, am pretty sure that's what the, what it was with the altitude, but it hit me pretty hard. And, and, uh, um, I really slowed down quite a bit. A lot of walking. And a lot, a lot of people were walking. Were very few people that were running, but, uh, um, I got eventually got up to the top and I found out um, I ran like maybe four hours and five minutes to get to the top to the ascent I found out I was like maybe second in my age group because they give you you know you look at the timing mats afterwards and I found out I was second in my age group going up so if I would have kept the same pace coming down you know you know decent pace coming down I, I probably would have placed pretty pretty decent time but from mile from the top all the way down to like mile 19 or around there is th- that lightheadedness man it was just it just got to me and it's it's really really tough uh i had heard, heard reports from some people saying you know it's 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 almost like breathing air through a straw and that's that's really what it's like i mean yeah it's it's you're, it's hard to breathe so um i tried doing like a you know some deep breathing uh, as I was, you know, running, but it, it helped for a little bit, but not too much. Eventually, I got to mile twenty-one around there, and, and I started running again. Um, I was following this this female runner that was in front of me, and uh, we got to like mile twenty-two. There was a fork in the road, and there was a sign there, and one the sign said, "Course this way," and incline that way so um we took the basically took the wrong she took the wrong route and i followed her and i it they didn't look the the route didn't look familiar to me so i caught up to her and i asked her is hey are are we on the right route because this stuff doesn't look familiar to me and i think this route leads up to the manitou incline the 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 (laughs) famous manitou yeah yeah i know Um, where you took the left turn at (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh you've done it before yeah. yeah so so uh so i i passed her and she, she she assures me yeah we're in the right route so okay so i passed her and i get to an open area and then one in the open area that's that's where you actually go down the manitou incline and uh when i got to that open area i stopped and i said okay we're we're on we're not in the right trail <laughs> so uh i turned around and i told her and she immediately called it up on her phone, and and uh, there's three other runners that were also following us. And they, one of the guys in that group said, "No, I think we're on the right trail." So, two of the two female runners called it up on their phone, and they found out that yeah, they were, we were on the wrong route. As soon as they said that, I I turned back and I went back to the, found the found the fork, and then just went back back down. So, um, by then uh, my, I, th- I i was feeling okay from my uh, lightheadedness so um i was running pretty good from like mile 22 to the fin- to 27 and i ran an extra mile because of that wrong turn with <laughs> <So, laughs> that last mile I, I mean i knew it was going to be on the road and i was a little little uh upset that i had taken that wrong turn so i said when i hit that last mile i'm just going to mm-hmm. hit it hard so I ran a six fifty two in that last mile. It's it's downhill, but it's, yeah, that's still so smoking. Your legs are tired at the end so. of a marathon. A, <laughs> okay. Hey, well, at least you got to see the top of Pikes Peak and the yeah. the top of the incline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I w- I wanted to take a picture when I got up to the ascent, and and the volunteers that were up there. I mean, as soon as you get to the ascent, they they kind of tell you, okay, you're here, you're here. You know, go back down. Yeah,
0: turn your so back. Around. Just take
1: make a loop and come back down and. I mean, that's they had the tables there to refill with water and, you know, fruit and um, some other s- snacks that they had. So I, I told her, I was "Thinking, well, I need to get some waters." But they they basically just tell you, it's like, hey, you're in the top now. Turn around, and go back down." It's like, "Well, I need to refill the water, stuff. But I, I saw a lot of people were taking pictures up there, and I wasn't able to take a picture of when I got up to the ascent. Hmm. But anyway. <laughs> It was it was yeah, it's it's very, very scenic when you get up there. I mean, I stopped a couple times and took some pictures. But that that's that's definitely one of the toughest marathons I've ever done.
0: I think they claim it's the hardest in the world.
1: Yeah. It's or at least in that, the
0: US, I guess, but that's
1: all. I would a... I up told, wrote up a race report and um it's kind of funny when I, my wife was at the finish line and when I finished she was there and I told her uh this is it. the first words out of my mouth is this is if I ever tell you that I want to run this course again, divorce me. That's <laughs> my first words out of it. I've been married 42 years, so it's not gonna happen. So I was about it's to ask, her,
0: you gonna go back and try to beat the time again? But <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I guess we already got our answer to that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, was that's how hard it was. Is it
0: so you had a lot more respect for that 537 oh yeah
1: that.
0: definitely <laughs> i think would you, end people... up, would you end up finishing
1: in it oh geez i forgot already was it? <laughs> you 740? remember them all but that one 742 mm-hmm. 742 still not bad for that
0: yeah that's definitely pretty good
1: <laughs> yeah, what it's... a lot of people seem to forget on that one is you know the 13 miles of downhill that upper section of that course, but when you're above treeline is not the best of trail, it's pretty technical in areas. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, when you still have people coming up and you're trying to run down, it's just, it's a disaster. That's, that's the hardest part is trying to make room for the runners that are coming down on the real narrow trail. Um, There was one time I was actually feeling lightheaded and there's a runner coming down. So I moved over to the side and, and, as soon as I stopped, I lost my balance and I fell down and, and you know, the guy crossed, but, um, but I, I, fell down and lost my balance. And um, that happened a couple of times. Cause I mean, it's just, as long as I was moving, it was okay. But it, when I came to a complete stop, I had to hold on to something. Otherwise I'd lose my balance. So, <laughs> that, that vertigo set in. <laughs> yeah.
0: So a lot and of people I was afraid to uh... tell
1: anyone, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling like that. I was afraid to tell anyone because I thought maybe they pull you off the course. If you tell them, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm feeling lightheaded, feeling a little dizzy. So I don't, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if they pull you off the course. Or not. There's nowhere to pull use, you off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Where are you going to go? Yeah, that's true. A lot of people use right. heat training um, to substitute for altitude training i i guess you that didn't because i know san antonio's stinking hot year round it seems like uh, but it seems like that didn't that have much of an because... effect.
1: <clears throat> no i mean because it, altitude it has everything to do with oxygen yeah there are some some breathing techniques that that i've read about i don't know if you guys have heard of wim hof or not Mm-mm. yeah wim hof does uh, uh some breathing techniques that uh seem to help with uh improving your, your oxygen capacity. Um, uh, there, there's a guy that, that wrote a, a book is also that he, he is called The Oxygen Advantage. And he actually has techniques in there on how to improve or how to improve your, your lungs for altitude uh, without being at altitude. So so he, some of the methods that he, he teaches is um, holding your breath while you're running. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh Um,
1: yeah (laughs) so and you don't do it you 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 try to do it for like 10 steps so i i I practiced that a couple times you know where you're running and you you exhale and you hold your breath for 10 steps and then you start breathing normally and then you do it again and that's supposed to improve your your ability to withstand altitude because it actually um makes you um run with less oxygen in your body. So it, it makes you cope with the higher CO2 content in your, in your, in your body. So I don't know. It didn't work. <laughs> 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 Cause I was doing it quite a bit. <laughs> Wim Hof is the same way where he, he, uh, he does, you do makes you do 30 breaths and then you hold your breath uh, on an exhale. And, uh, and you basically time yourself for how long you can hold your breath. Um, uh, while you're exhaled and that I was getting up to three minutes on the exhales. Yeah. Um, but that also didn't help, but it, it does, <laughs> it has, it has, has health benefits. I mean, if, if you if Wim Hof is, is a real, real deal. I mean, if you, if you ever want to, um, look at breathing techniques, you got to look at the Wim Hof method of breathing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's Wim Hof is, uh, has actually been, um, uh, and he's he's actually uses his breathing techniques to heal from illnesses. And, um, uh, he's been in, he's been injected with um, a a mild um, bacteria that causes the flu in normal people, but he's been able to fight it off
0: with really? just
1: his normal normal uh, body uh, hmm. immune system.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> He's a crazy guy. You got to read up on him. He's, 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 a, yeah, he's also to, another one of those guys. I'll have to dig into that one. <laughs> Why? Well, tell us where, uh, tell us where the loco runner comes from.
1: Loco runner came from my brother. He, uh, my, my brother, um, he is a, uh, computer programmer. He got into web hosting. Um, and he was hosting my website for a while. And, uh, when I was trying to find a name for my website, his his name for his website or um, was local machine. So uh, I was trying to find a name for my website. And so I said, well, why, if he's local machine, why I'm not, why can't I be a local runner? <laughs> so uh, I, I registered the name as localrunner.com and I've had that localrunner.com name uh, ever since then. Uh, I, I probably probably had it since maybe 2010, 2012. So uh, I get my own my own email, localrunner.com, Pete at localrunner.com. Um, But I, 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 you have to pay for the web hosting services. I, I eventually got started using a different hosting service. But I don't have a, a website anymore. But it's still pay for that domain name. Yeah. Um. So I, I still have that same email address. Hmm. But that's that's kind of where I, I got to the local runner was from my brother. He's local machine, local runner.
0: nice, nice.
1: Now my son my son is a coder and now he's local coder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just keeping it in the family.
1: That's awesome. So nice. back at, back when you know Facebook was just started and I decided to sign up for I'm localrunner.com I'm local runner on Facebook uh my gmail is localrunner at gmail.com so if you if you try to get any like single names now when these these uh um you know at outlook or gmail i mean you have to do whatever your name is like there's several numbers in the back you know
0: yep 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 you definitely do yeah. that's it's kind of annoying <laughs> no,
1: I, I got it back then early on so awesome awesome <laughs>
0: Well, Steve, we always ask our guests two questions at the end of the podcast. Um, the first one being is what kind of gear are you using from shoes, shorts, you name it. People are always interested in what other people are using. So walk us through what you use. Nutrition as well.
1: Um, For shoes, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, N- the Nike brand. Um, I like using the uh, the Nike. I uh, started using the Nike 4% Um vaporfly 4 percent when they first came out um i ran the london marathon with the actually ran houston and I, and i ran london with those running shoes and um as soon as i put them on they just they just felt different you know those are the first ones that came out with the carbon fiber so i, I fell in love with the nike the vaporflies and then they moved on to the the uh I think the five percent and then next percent. I mean, they weren't five, they were next percent and the next <laughs> percent too. I call them five percent because they give you four. They they give you four percent improvement, and I actually, if I look at my time. Uh, my pr time before to the pr that i got and when i was 59 it actually improved four percent so wow there, there really is no lie about those shoes those shoes actually improve your performance by by four percent and it's actually been research and studies and and i mean that's why they call them like four percent that's crazy so when they came out with the next percent so I said, well they gave four percent plus another percent so they're five percent so but there's that that's that's not what they are called. the next percent. So I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the, the, the Nike alpha flies, and, uh, the next percent. So I, those are my, my go-to shoes for marathon running. Um, I do have, uh, uh the, uh, A6, the, um, the carbon fiber shoes for the A6 that they, that they've made. And I, and I run in those as well. Um, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, and then the the Ciccone um, endorphin pros.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just started running in the endorphin pro threes. I mean, those are really good, but uh, I use those for training, but when it comes to racing, I use uh, the Nike, the alpha flies. So <clears throat> as far as, um, you know, running gear for clothing, it's it's, you know, it's running shorts or running shorts. I've, I've gotten into more into the um, compression shorts because um, there's a lot of research on on showing that compression and your thighs kind of helps for your running, so I've, I've been using some compression shorts. Of course, uh, I got a pair of the the Nike compression shorts for the London Marathon. Um, as far as nutrition, I researched nutrition quite a bit. Um, when I when I found the the Ucan uh, brand of of nutrition, which is the uh, they used to call it the super starch. So now they changed their they changed the trademark name to to live Steady. So I started using Ucan. Um, maybe three years ago, <clears throat> Ucan supposed to be more of a, a complex carb, and they consider it not, to be not a sugar, but it's a starch. But um, it's it still breaks down into to glucose, so it mm-hmm. provides uh, um, your the your sugar by by breaking down into glucose so uh, i'm a big fan of you can and then recently um uh i started doing a lot of research um uh, i listened to training peaks quite a bit and i get a lot of information from training peaks podcast um i like to listen to to podcasts that actually teaches teach you stuff so Mm -hmm. um so, so he doesn't peaks. listen to all hers. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't listen to my podcast. <laughs> the, the, uh, training picks with, uh, Joe Friel or Dirk Friel is, is, really good. I mean, a lot of the people that I research is, is people that he has as guests on that show. So, uh, uh, the, one of the guests that he had was, um, a name, named Jukendroop, And he was, he has like a, does a lot of he's a sports sports scientist, so he he does a lot of research on nutrition on, on, on you know to f- fueling for for marathon or endurance events. So he he did a comparison with the Ucan and other products that he has. It, it didn't really, he he said it didn't really provide much of a benefit if you use Ucan compared to other products. Ucan sting is is like you get you don't get that that insulin spike and then you also don't get that sugar spike or the sugar crash after the after the mm. you get the sugar spike insulin spike yeah so um well this guy researched it and he says you, when you're actually exercising the the human body doesn't really get insulin spike so you, you just you know you can use whatever sugar that you want to use i mean you, you don't you don't really get get an insulin spike um, so uh, he, he was, uh, he didn't recommend anything, but I started researching uh, another a product called uh, that Scratch has come out with now. It's, it's called um, uh, Scratch Superfuel mm-hmm. and it's, it's a complex carb. It's a, they call it the cluster dextrin. So it's, it's maltodextrin is, is what, it's it's a complex carb, yeah. Malto, um So the cluster dextrin is supposed to be a combination of the, you know, it clumps up the maltodextrin. So it, it provides more more carbs for for uh, for you for you to use for your body to use during an endurance event. Yeah, there's a so lot of companies
0: with... that are coming out with a cluster dextrin um, based. Cluster dextrin. Yeah, there's a lot of I'm seeing that are more endurance fuel style, with uh, higher carbohydrates through. Them.
1: Yeah, I, I follow uh, Gwen Jorgensen and, and she uses it um, for all her events. So, um, and supposedly they created this stuff for her. The, the owner of Scratch Labs created this stuff for her and it took him a couple of years to create it. So, um, and she's she's a pretty good athlete. So, um, and I researched it and it, it works pretty good. I also use another product it's called sis beta fuel which is Mm -hmm. also um meltodextrin um so this those are the the three products i use you can sis fuel and and i started recently started using that scratch super fuel um that's pretty much it nice (laughs) awesome well the
0: second question we ask is um you know, we're trying to grow our, our podcast. And, you know, with you being a recommendation of Steve's, uh, we'd love to hear who your recommendation is. Uh, it doesn't have to be anyone in the triathlon running world. It just be someone who inspires you, who may have a great story that you'd like to hear on our podcast.
1: Well, I, I, I answered that question in the email response that I got. And now uh, the person that I mentioned is, was a, a guy named Eno Kentu. I met him at, um, and when i was living in the houston area the guy is like at the time he was in his early 70s um and he had this race uh in 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 the houston area in el Campo, texas which was he called it the eno Cantu mile which basically they they stopped the tra- it was in the middle of a high school track meet they would stop the track meet in the middle of the track meet, and they get all these old farts get on the court on the track, and they'd run a mile. So Eno invited me, "Hey, why don't you go do my Eno Can two miles?" So, so uh, uh, I went out there and did the uh, Eno Can two miles, and all it's it's really awesome, you know, doing a mile in the middle of a track meet with all these high school high school kids just cheering you on. right <laughs> all his races are since he's he was in his early 70s he all his races are age graded so of course he would he would win all the time (laughs) even though he ran faster all his races were age graded but you know is has a lot of um age group world age group records for the one mile he's he's never run a marathon um all his distances are like 5ks and one mile runs but he's he, he got he has a lot of uh age group records on, hmm. on for the one mile run um he's in his in his 80s now and he's still breaking world records so wow i i don't i know he has a, a facebook page he actually wrote a book i forget the name of the book but he actually wrote a book with another one of his friends um in the uh about his racing career um but yeah he he was he's a really a good person to, to i don't know if he'd have time to get on the on your podcast or not but um he would he would be a good person to, to he, he inspired me quite a bit um you know i'd be doing my uh interval training on the track and he'd always do 400 so that's that was his thing Always doing 400s on the track uh he, and he was, he was, he was pretty fast at the time. And, uh, <laughs> pretty impressive. Really impressed me.
0: Awesome. So well, yeah, yeah, we'll have to, uh, want we'll to look him up and get him on the get him on the podcast. Well, Ain't
1: Pete, no where, uh,
0: where can people find you?
1: Um, well, I'm on Facebook on local runner, Pete Gaetan. Um, I used to have a website, but I don't anymore. But yeah, uh, local runner Pete uh, on Instagram. I, I think I'm local runner Pete. I'm not. A, I'm not a big Instagram fan. I, I'm, I'm kind of Instagram illiterate a little bit. But uh,
0: <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, see, I by see the my, second.
1: I see my daughters posting stuff on Instagram all the time. I was like, man, I wish I could do stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Somehow I have my Facebook account uh linked up with my Instagram. So some stop, sometimes stuff from my Facebook go to my Instagram. Like, mm. well, I don't know I did that, but it, it did it. <laughs> so yeah, local local runner Pete on, on Instagram and uh and on Facebook.
0: Awesome. Uh, well hey thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh we didn't know we were gonna have a number one in the world uh guest and so <laughs> right? you were, you're our first number one in the world. Um so <laughs> congrats on that
1: yeah <laughs> something to be yeah, proud of
0: <laughs> definitely uh thank you for coming and um we'll catch you later
1: all right thank you thank you for having me